now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. We got an uh, update for you from EAA, an air venture here uh, happening just in a couple weeks. And we have the communications director going to join us, give, a, give us a little preview from the site here in just a bit on the big show. But first, we got to, you know, reflect back on last week's festivities. Fourth of July weekend was uh, hopping. We had good weather down here in uh, Florida. Uh, Dennis, I believe he got his Mooney 201 up in the air to watch the fireworks. What, what can you report there, Dennis? Well, we did. We uh, we did finally get the weather to cooperate uh, on 4th of July and uh, pulled the airplane out of the hangar and uh, went on a couple of flights with it uh, during the middle of the fireworks show. Okay. So, so you son, had a bird's eye view of all the primo fireworks in Florida. We did. I mean, it was it was a pretty good show all around. I mean, not yeah. just the uh, official shows, but all of the unofficial as well. Right. <laughs> uh, my son uh, took took mom up uh, for a little flight first, and then he uh, came back in and then swapped her out for me so that uh, we could go do a little bit of flying together. It was a big day for him because he just crossed the one thousand hour flight time. Wow! Uh, he won. With he a bang in our airplane, yeah. <laughs> well, and wh- what do you know? They threw a fireworks, uh, you know, celebration for him. To, I like you it. know for the anniversary of that whole incident. You know, yeah. I have not been in a uh, personal uh, aircraft, a private aircraft uh, for Fourth of July, but I have been fortunate enough to fly on the Fourth in a commercial aircraft carrier, and uh, and it is a it's a unique perspective. When you're up in the air and you uh, look below and see all the uh, fireworks uh, below you, because it, it looks like a war zone, <laughs> <laughs> depending on what part of the country you're flying over. Which yeah, actually would, would not have wanted to yeah. be in a B-17 in Germany in right. World War II, but it was a lot of fun flying. We were just at a thousand feet circling all over the Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Sanibel area there. And there was, you know, official fireworks displays and lots of unofficial ones. And mm-hmm. everywhere you look and there's little flashes of light, little colored puff balls here and there. It's really neat. And being that close to it, yet at a thousand feet, we were still very much above those, uh, the fireworks themselves. But you don't, you think when you're on the ground, oh my God, they're up so high, but really they're, you know, 100, 200 feet at most. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, what what are the uh, restrictions like towers telling you about the 4th of July when you're flying at night? Are they warning you, say, hey, keep an eye out or keep your altitude to this level, or do they give you much direction? The only direction we got, uh, there was an official notum uh, advising that uh, over Cape Coral, they had a, uh, a notum for the fireworks display that was going on over there. So uh, we were told to stay out of there between 8 and 10.30 p.m. Okay. Just because, you know, within circling around the, I think it was around the Cape Coral Bridge. So, so that was the only fly restriction. over that area at all because of that notum. Correct. All right. Yeah, but uh, did they do that for a lot of the major fireworks displays 
on the fourth or just that particular one or do you know that's the only one we saw there was a couple other professional displays there was like a barge or something just uh in the river off of uh, downtown fort myers that was had a pretty good display but there was no no notices or anything that we saw for that uh just the, the one on the cape coral bridge yeah i mean you can do this almost every night of the year in orlando because we got <laughs> the theme parks uh, blowing stuff up every night but they have a TFR in, in effect that's always there. Well, for Disney, but what about Universal? You could fly over downtown Orlando and see those. Yeah, you, you could. Yeah. Yep, there's no restriction for Orla- uh, for Universal. Yeah, we'll have to add that one to the list sometime for a night flight. And, uh, I mean, I, I would imagine you got to, well, you have to maintain, what, 5,000 over the city there downtown Orlando? What is it? Uh, 1,000 is the minimum. Is that but, all? Yeah. Yeah, well, and it might be even lower depending on what the ceilings are for the class Bravo, depending what area we are there. In right. in a few spots over Orlando, it's less than nine hundred feet as you're coming out of executive just to stay out of international's airspace. I, I don't know. I, I know what you're saying when you say the fireworks are only you know two hundred feet or so, but I'm going to create a higher buffer. <laughs> no, I don't need to be that close. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, on takeoff, it was uh, awfully sporting because we uh, we did a maximum performance takeoff out of our air park here because they were setting off fireworks just down the street, and I don't think they know or care. So I wasn't going to take a chance of getting shot down either. Really? So they were just doing it in the air park? Well, not, in, not in the air park, but remember, we're surrounded by a residential neighborhood called Lehigh Acres yeah. that's outside of the air park, and they don't understand that that's a runway that's, you know, going down their street if they were to you know go past the houses at the end of the block uh-huh so yeah there there was a lot of fireworks uh, going on around us i've got some great pictures maybe i'll get my daughter to upload them to instagram or something for us i like it but uh something you will repeat for next year i assume oh we try to do this every year my wife was actually the one pushing us to, to get out she wanted to go out and see this again and so she was the one that made sure that we were going to get the plane out and go if the weather was going to cooperate. Right. What would be really cool is like if you went over a a pretty active area where they're lighting up uh, things pretty good and just fly above and this, you know, drop uh, out of your airplane, a bunch of those like army parachute guys. You know what I mean? Those little plastic streamers would be fun too. Well, that's it, you know, but act like it it came from the fireworks and people below like, Oh my God, look, it's it's prizes. Right. And then just kind of surprise people. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. You can make little candy parachutes. You know, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of the great things you can do in uh, your private aircraft if you are so lucky to to have such a thing. Because it is a unique perspective on the 4th of July and uh, just adds another excitement, you know, exciting element to the whole, you know, night flying thing, right? Yeah, and we weren't the only ones out there. There was about a half a dozen other airplanes that were doing the same thing and two uh, two helicopters from the sheriff's department. So we were all kind of, uh, you know, circling around and uh, we heard uh, air traffic control was, you know, giving advisories to one guy. He's oh, yeah, they're probably doing the same thing you are. You know, some people yeah. were talking to approach, some were talking to tower at page and, you know, the rest of us were just doing our own thing and watching ADSB and looking out for lights. Did you feel that it was uh, much busier than normal or no, not so actually much? quite a bit less traffic than just the normal training traffic that you'd have during the day. Right. Okay. But just got to keep your wits about you as far as uh, altitude. That's pretty much it, right? As long as the yeah. conditions are good, there's really yeah. no, no trick to it. It just, uh, you know, no, take in, uh, take in the view. 
Right. And a thousand feet over a busy city is, you know, a reasonable altitude to be at, but it's a perfect altitude to get, you know, good view of all the different uh, light shows that are going on at the same time. Yeah. And the weather was pretty good uh, on the 4th of July, at least where I was in uh, Orlando. Was it pretty smooth sailing for you too? Oh, the skies. The visibility was fantastic. It was perfectly calm. You know, all this, all the daytime heating was gone. So it was nice and smooth. And we had a nice little thunderstorm building up offshore, maybe maybe about twenty miles off of Sanibel. So you'd get a, you know, some complimentary light shows from Mother Nature too. Ah, yeah, there you go, little natural fireworks uh, show in the distance. Those are always fun to watch. So, uh, so the wife liked it. This is one of the times where she really enjoys the fact that you have your own airplane because she's not a big flyer, really, right? Yeah, no, she's. It's not her favorite activity in the world, but thank God that she supports us. Mm-hmm. Well, you named the plane after her, so <laughs> she feels. She <laughs> well, she's probably feels title, obligated, right? Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, what a way for Austin to celebrate his his one thousandth hour uh, with a fireworks uh, display. You know, you know, that he can watch from above. That's pretty good. So does he feel like he's accomplished something in his aviation life, like he's very proud of, or he's like, eh, okay, whatever, big deal. How's he feel? Well, you know, that's for him as a professional pilot, that's the, the big number that he had to get to um, right. to start looking at an airline job. So, you know, Captain Austin might eventually be your captain here. Well, I, I, I agree, but he's so low-key. You know, I just wonder did he did it seem like a milestone to him or just like yeah whatever? No, it it definitely was. I mean, okay. he actually Good. put uh, he handed off a couple of flights during the week to make sure that he would have hours left for the weekend so he could do the flight in our airplane and with me and he fireworks was- in a bang. All right, an update on uh, Air Venture next on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Gators approach the great and powerful Ross. Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Smilings! The great and powerful Ross knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201. Silence! The magnificent Ross has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus Vision Jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing. I think I'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty. Oh, okay, you got me. Uh, just a man behind the curtain with a aircraft spruce catalog. Pretty cool, though, huh? You don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane. You need Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years. Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Call 877-4-SPRUCE. 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraftspruce.com. That's aircraftspruce.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. So, you gonna ride shotgun with me, help me fly? That's the plan. This is Just Plane Radio, Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Lala, Captain Dennis. And from EAA, we have the communications guy, uh, Dick Nepinski, with us right now on Just Plane Radio. Give us a little preview of AirVenture. Literally just uh, two, three weeks away. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Dennis hopes to fly himself. Dick, welcome uh, to Just Plane Radio. How are you? Oh, it is great. It's great to be with you guys. Tell you, great day for flying here in Oshkosh, and we're looking for more great days of flying come late July. I have no doubt. Is the the uh, site a buzz as we speak? Is there a lot of activity going on there on site in Oshkosh, preparing for AirVenture? Oh man, there is. Yeah, there there's. There is a tremendous amount of activity going on right now. Uh, right after the July 4th weekend, we start to see the big influx of volunteers. As you guys know, we have more than 5,000 volunteers that make this event happen. We couldn't do it without them. Well, and they're out there right now doing everything from building picnic tables to cutting grass to splashing paint on buildings and everything else. So it is. We've got campers rolling in every day. They're setting up shop. Uh, it's going to be uh, a great year. And it's always the exciting part of year two when you see the momentum. Uh, you see people you haven't seen for a year and or maybe multiple years, and they're back in Oshkosh. And, uh, you know, if you can't get uh, all geeked up about it at this point, well, you might as well stay home because, boy, it's it's a time when it's exciting. I'm sure it is. Now, last year, I, I believe they broke attendance records coming out of COVID. This year, are they, is there a a vibe that it's going to even do even more business and be bigger and better than it's ever been before? Or, or what are you hearing from management there at uh, AirVenture this year? One thing is really nice to have the international contingent coming back this year. A lot of them missed 2021 because either they couldn't get out of their country because of COVID restrictions, or if they did get out, they had to take a long time in quarantine to get back into their country. Right. So it is great to have them coming back once again. Uh, back in 2019, we had people from 93 different countries here in Oshkosh, and mm. from the South Africans who camped together in Camp Scholler to people from across Europe, Italy and Britain and Germany and Norway and Finland, uh, from Japan, Australia, New Zealand, they're coming back this year. So really makes it an international event. Uh, it is something that we're very happy to see. So when you take a look at the event overall, it is something that that international flavor means so much to it because we see it in the attendees, we see it in the exhibitors, in the innovation, and it, it makes it really our family reunion worldwide here in Oshkosh. I'm sure it does. Uh, advanced ticket sales, any indication uh, on demand in, in that regard, or have you seen that lately? 
strong so far. We have seen a very strong demand for tickets, and that's great. And what we're hearing, for instance, from Wisconsin Tourism, uh, and they're seeing it throughout the state here in Wisconsin, that uh, people are out this year with they, what they call vengeance tourism, and they've been sitting by themselves for two years, and they really haven't gone much of anywhere. And so uh, this is their big trip. And you know, whether it's a day trip, whether it's a week-long trip, uh, talking to aviators, you know, we're, we all contend with gas prices and the raised prices of some things. They say, okay, maybe we won't do this, but I tell you, we're going to be in Oshkosh, and we're going to come there, and we're going to see all our friends, because that's where we see them once a year. And it always amazes me, guys, and you've probably experienced it as well. You haven't seen somebody for a year or two or three, and it's like you pick up your conversation right where you left off on the flight line at Oshkosh, and you just start up again and talk about airplanes. And that, that's one of the great things about this event come every year. Vengeance tourism. That's a new phrase. I, I hadn't picked that one up. Have you heard that one, Dennis? That's new to me, too. I'm going to keep that one in my back pocket. I, I like it. Yeah, you go because you're, I'll show you. I'm going to see you. I don't care what you say. I'll come get you. I love it. I love it a lot. Now, Dennis is planning to fly his Mooney 201 to Air Venture uh, this year, as a lot of people do. That's one of the activities and one of the unique elements of flying your own aircraft into Air Venture, into Oshkosh, go through that whole crazy experience, fly, you know, camp out under the wing. That really is one of the best ways to experience the event, isn't it, Dick? It really is. You know, when you sit there and, and so many memories are made, uh, if you come with a group, say, you know, when the Moonies come in all together and they camp together, or you come in by yourself and you're put in a row and you meet new people and you get to hear their aviation experiences. They ask you about yours, about your airplane history, all of those things. You know, I often tell the media here when they ask, where can I find a good airplane story? I said, well, walk out there, find an airplane, find the owner standing next to it and start asking about it. And we'll have an airplane story. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. That's right. And uh, so those are the things that happen. Uh, you, you see old friends, you meet new friends, and there's that experience. You go back to your town, uh, not only with those memories, but I know speaking for myself as an aviator, you come back so jazzed about aviation. All year we think about all the other stuff in aviation from cost to regulation to insurance to maintenance and all of those things. But at Oshkosh, we talk about flying and we all speak the language of the joy of flying and what it means to us and why it gets in your blood and why the airplane costs more than your house and all of those other things that you have to explain to the neighbors the rest of the year. Uh, You don't have to explain it here because we all understand. And and that's part of the magic of this event. No doubt. It's it's like uh, picking up a good virus for once, you know, so (laughs) go out there to air venture and uh, you'll get the bug. And I, and I, you know, I, I kid. But, you know, it's true. He's so true. I mean, I I hope that there's a, you know, I've been trying to figure out a way to work my schedule to get out there, but I may have a conflict with some of my scuba diving activities that week. So we don't know. But Dennis is planning to fly his Mooney out there. And uh, that is just a challenge in itself. Have you ever flown into an event like Air Venture or Sun and Fun? I mean, uh, Sun and Fun is one thing, uh, but Air Venture is like a whole nother level of uh, stuff that you got to be aware of and uh, it can be a little challenging but not really you just got to know your stuff and plan accordingly right dick uh, that's exactly right yep and and we always say you know the first thing to do uh go to our website ea.org click on air venture uh get the notice for flying into oshkosh everybody kind of knows it as the notum the faa changed their 
their nomenclature this year. So it's officially a notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still call it the notum. And so get that. Make sure you understand it. As we say, read the notum, know the notum, be the notum, all of those things, and mm-hmm. get out there and understand that. And uh, the great thing is on our, our notum site, and I'm going to call it the notum site, that uh, we have videos there, too, that show you how to fly the approach, especially the FISC approach, which most GA people fly, come in from the, the west-southwest, and you're flying over Ripon and Green Lake and those places and get yourself lined up over Fisk and then do the conga line uh, coming either to 1836 or 927 to land at Oshkosh. And so that is something we want people to know. So make sure you read that notice, understand things, uh, watch the videos so you see visually where you are, what it looks like, those locations, uh, when you approach it. And so we've just updated that video. That's going up on our website. And when you land on one of the dots, the orange dot or the green dot, and you hear that controller say, hey, great job, welcome to Oshkosh, that makes your day. I have no doubt about it. All the information is at eaa.org for AirVenture here in just a couple weeks. Check it out. Dick, thanks for the update. We appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And we'll see everybody on the flight line at Oshkosh. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. About this time, someone is telling you to get on the plane. Get on the plane, get on the plane. I say, <laughs> you, I'm getting in the plane. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'll be in here with you folks in uniform. I be fly, yeah, I be fly, shawty, I be fly, yeah, I be fly, shawty, I be fly. It take long to get this fly. If you ain't up on my level, this a piece don't reply. This is Just Playing Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news. And information. All right. So uh, this past weekend, 4th of July, you heard about all the commercial airliners having all kinds of flight delays, cancellations, pilot shortages. I, I don't know. I saw the video of the Delta pilots. Was that last weekend when they were protesting out in L.A. or something at the airport? No, I, I, I'm not sure because there's been so many uh, 
protests or renegotiations of contracts and stuff lately as everybody's trying to get a better deal. Yeah. I saw a video. It's funny. They they were, uh, you know, they had some of them had signs, but they're all dressed up in their captain's uniforms. It was the most uh, upscale protest I'd ever seen because they're all in their uniforms. It was kind of uh, interesting. And they were very polite when they spoke to the media. It wasn't your typical protest that we've been uh you know, used to seeing on the mainstream media lately. So it was, it was kind of interesting. But, but yeah, you know, the Delta pilots, they look, we've done everything we can. Management needs to do more. You know, they're trying to fight for a better contract and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we've spoke about that a little bit uh, in the past where the Pilots Association, I think, is saying it's the it's management's fault. And then everywhere else, you, you think it's like uh, we need more pilots, which seems to make a little bit more sense. Uh, in the big scheme of things, but you know, I don't know. I mean, I can't blame them for fighting for their rights or whatever. You know, less hours. I'm not. I'm not even sure what they're hoping to achieve exactly. But uh, but you know, they got to do what they got to do. I understand. But it is creating a mess. There's no question about that uh, because just the number of uh, delays and cancellations uh, over the Fourth of July weekend were substantial. And I don't know. They're not. See, they don't seem to see, uh, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. This lightening up anytime real soon. You think? What are you well, saying? And the, and the delay isn't just uh, just because of a lack of pilots. I mean, it, it's systemic in the the whole system. Air traffic mm-hmm. control can't get enough people to man, uh, you know, their stations, and so they're we're reducing uh, head or have reduced head counts, which is limiting the amount of flights that they can work in a particular sector and. All of that is, you know, kind of piling up and creating a travel logjam. Uh, in fact, it's gotten so bad at some of the smaller airports uh, where they do have a control tower, they've been unmanned. And I don't mean that they have female controllers that day. I mean, hmm. there's nobody in the tower cap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So your towered airport's now suddenly an uncontrolled airport. Uh, How do you, you find know. this out when you're uh, planning your flight? And then you, what do you get a note them from that particular tower that they're not uh, operating today? Or how's that? Uh, that how should notified? be the way it works. Uh, hopefully you do review your notums and find out that the ATC services are not being provided. Uh, but also I would hope that the tower cab would at least publish a on their ATIS that the the terminal or, you know, class Delta services are not being provided. Uh, aircraft is going to, you know, the airspace is going to remain either Echo or Gulf and, you know, treat it just like any other uncontrolled airport. Right. Well, I mean, but as far as knowing that, uh, I mean, are they like uh, obligated to release a notum or a notice to airmen? Uh, you know, yes, the verb- they, so, they so do have to publish a, okay. a notum. Right. So that but- you should know it if you're doing your uh, flight planning uh, properly. You're you supposed to review those notices before you go. Right. So, but uh, maybe not everybody is, has, uh, well, you know, read the fine print, especially if it's a, at an airport, you're not expecting such uh, shenanigans, I guess. But, well, but, and, and remember, it's so easy to find all those relevant advisories, you know, that when you look at all the notums for a particular flight, you know, I'm, I'm really concerned about this un- unlighted tower that's 20 miles off my course line, you know, right. let's get to the, the hot button. There is no tower services being provided at Sacramento Executive today. Oh, that, that'd be good to know. Mm-hmm. Well, that would pop up on ForeFlight if you're doing your flight planning there, wouldn't it? it? It should, but the thing is you have to go wade through all of the different notices, and hopefully that one will, you know. 
well, you'll flag, okay, it'll flag let, let, it, you'll see it well enough. Let's say you do, you were not aware of it, or you had to deviate to an airport that you thought was towered or everything, and uh, and you were in mid-flight and went to this airport, and then at what point are you going to find out that it's not towered? When you call them, <laughs> or when when should you uh, be alerted to such such an event? Well, ideally, you would have uh, you know for flight with uh, an ADSB receiver, which would let you get some NOTAMs in flight. But if that isn't available to you, um, just the ATIS uh, for the airport, you know, getting the automated weather and information yeah. should give you a clue too as to what's going on. If you don't get, you know, air information whiskey, uh, you know, with the current information and all that, you just get a AWOS recording. There's probably a good indication that there's something going on with the tower cap. Right. So 10 miles out from the airport, you, you would uh, reach out for your ATIS and uh, get the information. It might actually say on the recording uh, that, you know, there we're having an issue and there's nobody in the tower. You might hear it there yeah. as well. That that's hope, That's what should happen. What should happen. But if it didn't, it would give you the ATIS and what? It, you would just you, wouldn't find out until you started calling them? Pretty much. Uh, okay. You self-announce into the pattern and... You know, maybe uh, that would be a good uh, good time to uh, call Sacramento Approach or something like that and say, hey, uh, I'm trying to get the weather at uh, Executive, and uh, I'm just getting an AWOS recording. Oh, yes. Uh, that airport was taken <laughs> over by zombies. Uh, yeah. Land at your own risk. Yeah. Good luck. Okay. But, yeah, it, it just goes to show uh, whether you want to be a pilot for a commercial airline or if you want to go work for ATC, there evidently is some major openings and uh, jobs available that they have not been able to fill to the level that they need to, correct? And I'd like to rewind just a second here and throw out a banana in your direction because you actually said, 10 miles out checking for your ATIS. Yeah. I'm so hello. proud, Greg. You're paying attention. I, hey, I'm still doing my flight training. I mean, I'm doing, uh, I did another video or, you know, a small little chunk of my sporties. Uh, pilot course today so yeah it's still all rumbling around up there i actually did i did get another update from my uh you know my uh medical uh you know third class medical update from the faa still i haven't heard directly from them from the faa but i did talk to uh my physician and uh just got an update on hey when should we expect to hear something he, he yeah they're they're predicting uh another three weeks or so 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 we'll the see next ice age basically correct you know, yeah, I say three weeks in FAA time, which is, you know, like dogs are seven years for every year. FAA time is what, 10 years for every day? <laughs> Depends on the week, I think. Optimistic, yes. Yeah, okay. So, you know, we're, we're I'm still working it, but yeah, my head's in the game. I'm still, you know, it rolls around up in there. Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's not. But, it, but yeah, I remember that. And, you know, that's uh, when I hear stories about... Uh, you know, those type of situations where there's, you know, not someone at the mic at a tower when you expect there to be. I'm like, okay, what would I do in that scenario? At what point would I realize, oh, crap, well, now what do I got to do? You know, or, may, you know, I guess I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, at what point would I realize, okay, I, I'm going to have to treat this like a non-towered airport. At what point am I going to know to make that adjustment? You hear what I'm saying, Dennis? That's why I was asking all those questions. Yeah. And, you know, basically just follow the rules. And, you know, if you don't have ATC services, then 
start self-announcing in the pattern and hopefully, you know, listen and see who else is in the pattern. And mm-hmm. you'll, you'll probably figure it out because there's probably somebody else already over there and uh, he's probably already figured out that they're not home either. Right. Yeah. Nobody's home. But yeah. Why is it? Hopefully it's just because they don't have enough help and it wasn't a zombie apocalypse. I mean, does that ever go through your mind where, you know, the, the world's going to stop spinning when you're up on a flight and you're going to land and everything's different? Well, I think during COVID, uh, that probably happened more than once. There was a number of times when uh, air traffic control went ATC zero, yes. you know, because they had a COVID outbreak and had to shut down a center. Well, so see, it, you know, it's went through his mind. Yeah, I'm not totally crazy. Just a little crazy. That's all. More coming up. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You gonna ride shotgun with me? Help me fly. That's the plan. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That is me, along with Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right, so, um, you know, Dennis was out flying on the 4th of July last week looking at fireworks. There's a lot of uh, private pilots probably were doing just the same. But I, I don't know, were you reading this before you flew or right at some point where you're planning your flight and you just stumbled across to some cool little four-flight tips that you want to share or what? No, it's actually an article that uh, I got from a, a newsletter that Sporty's Pilot Shop sends out every couple of weeks, their iPad Pilot News. Yeah. And they had some, you know, five quick four-flight tips. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I, I already know everything about four-flight. You know, there's nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's simple things like uh, the tabs, you know, at the bottom of the screen in four-flight, you can pick your you know, maps and plates and things like that. And I always find myself going off to the side and having to go get the scratch pad because I've been using the scratch pad and an apple pencil instead of having to carry a notebook in the plane to write down atc clearances right now i can move that thing over and put it you know you can edit the order and put the scratch pads in the, uh, the very beginning of the list so i don't have to keep going into the menu to go find them it's like oh that's kind of handy i never really paid attention to that but it's a, some, a setting you can change oh, okay could come in handy for people right same thing with uh, finding documents you know in foreflight at the very top is a, is a they call it the universal search box and, you know, usually you go and throw in your, like an airport name or something like that. But there's a bunch of things you can do in there. But one of them is you can actually search for the documents you've downloaded. So if you're looking for the EAA note of instead of having to go into documents and drill into the folders, you can literally search for it. Huh. Another neat trick in that search box, put in two airport names and it'll actually do a quick flight plan right from the search box. So you don't have to go and build a flight plan. You can just very quickly put together, uh, you know, from... FMY to OSH and put together a quick flight plan from Fort Myers Page Field to Oshkosh. Okay, that's convenient. Yeah. And and as you know, uh, clearance delivery processes have changed. If you're flying IFR, you now need to call a phone number to pick up a clearance if you're not at an airport with a tower or with a remote communication outlet. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something that can be very easily done in ForeFlight. They actually have it in the info tab for every airport. They have the clearance delivery phone numbers, making it very convenient. But the biggest tip I found 
was something I never paid attention to. All you, you don't even have to have ForeFlight open. You just have to have it installed on your iPad. On the home screen, click on the icon, just press and hold it for a few seconds, and a little menu pops up. One of the menu options is local forecast. Wow! So, like, uh, we'll pull up like a you know a, the, the you know the hourly forecast for the whole day, and you know showing you what's going on at just at a glance. Like, so, generally, cool. when you, when you hold down an icon on an app like that, it'll it might uh, pull up the menu. It'll say open, close, remove, something like that. But this right. actually has local weather on yep. the ForeFlight. Icon. That's one of the, one of the options. You can create a new flight. You can do nearest. You can obviously remove the app, but you know the normal Apple things. But yeah, they've got a couple of little functions that you can do right from the icon. Like, that's pretty slick. That's a little Easter egg they shared with you. I've got yeah. to thank uh, Sporties for sharing that one. I I don't know how anybody would have known that uh, necessarily. Yeah, I don't. Well, you know, I've be been using kinda... this app for what five right. years now. Exactly. So, you know, that's a cool little Easter egg type of uh, trick and come in very handy. So, that, you know, they're always thinking there for flight. And we got to thank the folks at Sporties for uh, making sure everybody can take advantage of that stuff. Now, uh, we got a few minutes left. Uh, and this is kind of a little, uh, I don't know, a dovetail on the $100 hamburger, which is, I don't know, it, it never gets old. But you might want to mix up your dietary, you know, input every now and then. <laughs> And, uh, of course, we, uh, one of our favorites is Taco Tuesday at Arcadia. But someone just came out with a top five Mexican places to go instead of doing the $100 hamburger, go Mexican or something. Is that right? That's right. Flying Magazine actually did a quick little article on will fly for salsa, five airports huh. uh, serving Mexican cuisine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was kind of neat looking through the list. All right. Uh, Bob Maxwell Airport in Oceanside, California. Uh, there's a restaurant called Morisco's there. It's known for their uh, seafood-inspired dishes. And that, okay, if you're out west, that'd be okay. Right. Um, Enrique's Mexican Restaurant in Ponca City Airport in Oklahoma. And it's uh, known for the hottest jalapeno on the runway, I guess. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. If you're into the going for the hot wing type of thing or something, well, or just in the hot hot sauce, I guess that's what they're they're uh, known for. Well, maybe. Uh, we'll have to go A check it out if I'm ever in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, May's Mexican Grill at the University of Illinois Willard Airport, Champaign, Illinois. So it's they say it's not quite a, sh- a fly-in restaurant. You do have to get there by taxi or rideshare, but it's uh, it's well known and has been around for quite a while. And they focus on uh, traditional foods from uh, more like Mexico City-based stuff. Uh, but then I'm going through the list, and what do I see? The Taqueria food truck at Arcadia Municipal Airport. Of course. It made the top five list at Sporties. Or, or sorry, not Sporties, but Flying Magazine's list here. So well, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and then not not to be uh, left out, Carlos and Mickey's at El Paso sounds like a place I'm going to need to go to whenever I go out west. So. Well, that you know, just more things to add to the list uh, for sure. And uh, yeah, the Arcadia thing is a blast. And it's turned into a thing, you know, gas is cheaper there that day, you know, you can go get a couple tacos, they're very authentic. I mean, uh, it's one thing to do this, whether it's the hamburger or the tacos, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm sure we could branch out into other, uh, you know, food types, Italian, then maybe there's an Italian list uh, coming sometime soon or or uh, be- best breakfast spots. But what about, but you know, if you want to go Mexican, why not just fly to Mexico? 
Well, could you do you that? Can. You could. There's nothing yeah. against that, except you do have to have a 1090 transponder because you're going across the the border. You're going, and then Mexico, I believe, requires the the 406 ELT. So if you're not equipped with some of the latest hardware, you may have to go through a couple extra steps for your airplane. But right. it's certainly an option, and no more difficult than going to the Bahamas. A lot of the same processes still apply to to cross into Mexico. And heck, for the people that live out in California probably really easy to head over to tijuana or something like that just cross the border and there you go i mean that's a serious taco tuesday right there or mexican monday or or fly down to cabo on the on the peninsula there really really take it in or like it'd be a lot of fun we we could just fly over to bimini or something from where you are down there in fort myers and do like seafood in the bahamas or something get a conch salad and then there we go yeah so, uh, you know, it's not hard to do that. You just got a few more hoops you got to jump through, but you could still set it up just like you would a $100 hamburger. Eh, if you're going to the Bahamas, you might have to kick it up another 100 or two. Just another $100 landing fee yeah, and exactly. the hamburger. You got to kind of yeah. figure those elements in, but it, it's all planable. It's it's workable. So uh, just uh, new things to add to the list. Yeah, and, and uh, right now, I mean, what do you think about flying in uh, Florida, Dennis? I mean, because we are... I mean, we are in the uh, middle of summer, and it is hot. And I mean, you know, flying out to Air Venture here in a couple of weeks will be a reprieve for us uh, here in Florida. But uh, well, are you enjoying? Not necessarily, because uh, you know, I'm from Minnesota. And yeah, but we, it's a dry we would get heat. The same, no, it's not. We <laughs> would get the same high humidity, high temperatures, and whatnot up there. Right, but, but out did, in Oshkosh, you, it'll be a nice reprieve from what you got mm-hmm. right now in Florida, wouldn't it? I don't think so. They don't have the humidity be, out there. Sure they do, because they're surrounded by cornfields and everything else, and we get the the, the Me- Gulf of Mexico moist air comes all the way up north. So uh, I don't. I, when I went out there, I felt like the humidity had just uh, okay, dropped It's not going to be 100%, but exactly. it definitely gets hot like and we, sticky. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, we can walk outside uh, our doors in Florida right now in our scuba gear and count it as a scuba dive <laughs> after five minutes, because you're drenched in sweat. Well, it's all you so got to do is put a kiddie pool and leave it out. It'll fill up with water in the afternoon rainstorms, too. You don't even have to worry about filling well, the pool. There's that. But, I mean, do you like flying at this time of year, or is this the time where you'd like, uh, you know, curtail your flying in Florida at the moment? How do you feel about it personally? Um, actually, I enjoy flying with it because it is nice here. And all you got to do is get up above about 4,000 feet, and the temperature starts to drop off. Ah. Get above that hot, thick air. And get so some altitude come, and then come back down to like a Taco Tuesday or some other, you know, one of those other destinations for your Mexican fix. That's all the incentive you need to put up with the humidity. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. It, I right. just need an excuse to fly. I think he's not alone there. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up till next time. Remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. (laughs) 
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 